Hello, everyone, and welcome to I'm Not Your Shrink, a podcast about changing the dialogue in your life. I am Dr. Tracy Dalglish, clinical health psychologist and couples therapist. Each week, we talk about everyday issues that people face with the intention of helping you to feel connected to yourself, to others, and to live your life. And thanks for tuning in. Today we are talking about shame. Now, a few days ago, I had a hard parenting moment, and I knew this episode on shame was coming up. So I took the opportunity to record myself in that moment so that I could be authentic and real with what I was experiencing. What you'll notice, however, is that my voice does sound more under the weather as I was fighting a cold. And the second part of the podcast, you'll notice that the sound quality is a little bit different as I'm recording it today. So I'm looking forward to sharing with you all things about shame. Here we go. So this morning's event just leads perfectly into what I want to talk about today. It has been a few nights now since I've slept through the night. My daughter, she's 15 months right now, and she's teething with her molars, which is, it's just been really challenging. She's most comforted by me, so I'm the one that's up in the night, and I'm tired. I'm working, I'm working full time, and I'm trying to balance everything And I'm burning the candle at both ends. I know this, and I can't keep going. So what I actually did was I also canceled one of my last appointments today in order to nurture myself. And ironically, I didn't tell my husband this because I felt embarrassed that I needed to look after myself. I felt embarrassed that I was tired and needed to look after my self-care. And I did that in preparation for tomorrow. So I know tomorrow is a busy day for me. I have a full day booked. All of my clients are there. So I want to make sure that I am my best self for tomorrow as well. So I prioritize looking after myself. Okay, so this morning, you know, we have one car. My husband buckles the kids in. I jump in the car. We're about to leave. And my son is crying. And the crying isn't just that he's hurt and injured. It's the crying of blatting where it's that crocodile tears in a way of trying to get attention. And so I say, I see you, buddy. You're upset. And he says that he didn't like the way he was buckled in. Three and a half, okay? (laughs) Three and a half year olds are challenging. So yeah, okay, I hear you, buddy. This is really hard. So we keep driving for a little bit and he keeps blatting. He's crying. It's loud. It's starting to grate on my nerves. I take a breath because I know in these moments that I need to regulate myself. So I actually have this ritual in the morning where I'm sitting beside my husband and I take my hand and I move it downwards as if I'm drawing the breath in through my nose down to the bottom of my lungs. And I do that a few times. And I think to myself, I'm not going to yell. This is a moment where I'm not going to, to do that. I've done it before. I can regulate it. I see it coming. I can feel it. And then he keeps going. And I say, buddy, I see you. You're upset. Let's move forward. And then he keeps going, and then I yell, stop. And he stops. He stops crying, which is the worst thing because it's this reinforcement of, hey, you yelling stop actually works. But 
Then he says, Mommy, you hurt me when you yell. And my heart just sank. Because if there's one thing that as parents I know that we do is that we really try to not hurt our children. We do the best that we can. I can tell you in that moment, I know I was doing the best that I could. But to see him feel this hurt really, really struck me. And I know the emotion that I went into, and that was shame. I was swallowed up in shame. Now, as a psychologist, I am no stranger to this emotion. I see it every day in the faces of my clients. But I'm also familiar with this feeling too. It is at the core of the human experience. Shame is the notion that we are unworthy, defective, or a failure in some way. Best-selling author and sociologist Brene Brown describes shame as the intensely painful feeling or experience of believing that we are flawed and therefore unworthy of love and belonging. Shame disconnects us from others. It leads us to feelings of isolation. And oftentimes when we're feeling shame, we don't even know that it's happening. So not only do we not know what it looks like, but if it's triggered, we don't know what to do with it. So in that moment with my son, I could have let my shame take over. And when shame takes over, we want to get out of that sticky feeling. And in order to do that, we often end up invalidating the other person to make ourselves feel better. I had the urge to say, I didn't yell that bad, or I didn't mean to, or okay, let's move forward. All of those emotionally invalidating expressions that end up making the situation about me to try to alleviate my own feelings. That's what I had the urge to do when my son told me he was upset. So shame is correlated with mental health difficulties, low self-esteem, and things like relationship distress. And maybe as you're listening, you can think of times in your life where you really struggled with shame. Was it in a parenting moment? Or maybe with your partner where you did something, maybe you made a mistake. Or maybe it was during a work meeting where you said something and later didn't feel good. Perhaps it was even when you reached for a job promotion. I think shame is something that is so important for us to learn to address because it relates to our self-worth, our emotional health, and our relationship. So I want to move into talking about five things that you can start to do to address shame. So the first one is to identify and acknowledge the feeling. Emotions tell us really important information about what needs to change. So start by asking yourself what it feels like when you experience shame. Is it a sinking feeling? It sinks for me and that usually tells tells me that I'm really struggling with something. Or maybe you shut down and walk away from other people. What does your internal dialogue say to you? Does it say something like, "Uh uh-oh, watch out. That wasn't the right thing to say. People will judge you. You are a screw up. Why did you say that? So there's sometimes a voice that comes from this emotion. What does it tell you about you and who you are? Now the next piece is important because there are two different types of emotions that sometimes get mislabeled and they are guilt and shame. Feelings of guilt result in the thought of, I have done something wrong, or the behavior is not help. Guilt can be a healthy emotion. It tells us that somehow our behavior was not correct and that we should try to do something different next time. 
So for example, if you feel guilty after eating too many cookies, maybe next time you limit the number of cookies you eat. That's okay. We make mistakes. But shame is more like quicksand. It's that sinking quickly and struggling against it. So ask yourself, do I feel like I am a bad person? And if the answer to that question is yes, then you know that you are experiencing shame in that moment. So if you feel like I've done something bad, then that is guilt. And if you feel like you are bad, then that is shame. At times, when just acknowledging our emotions, so saying something like, I notice myself feeling shame, can be really helpful. When I'm working with clients, we attach an image to it. So one of my clients described the sensation like sinking in a hole and not being able to find the ladder. The next step to help deal with shame is to fail, fail again, fail better. This is one of my favorite expressions that comes from Samuel Beckett, a novelist and playwright. And actually, it was a gift given to me by my clients. One of my clients shared this expression with me, and I've really held on to it. It's also the book title of a book by the teacher of Buddhism, Pima Chodron. So what does it mean? Perfectionism is a driving force behind shame, and we tell ourselves to do things perfectly, and we hold ourselves to these high and unachievable standards. And what happens, though, is that shame is right behind these high standards and self-evaluations. And I can tell you that in that moment with my child, I wanted to be a perfect parent, and I left feeling like I'm not a perfect parent, and I failed. And the idea behind this expression, fail, fail again, fail better, is instead of trying to avoid or run away from failure, what if instead you allow yourself to be vulnerable, to show when you are struggling with something and that you're not getting something, and to know that that is okay, that you are okay. And so that shame doesn't stop you from doing other things. My third step for dealing with shame is to bring in some acceptance. And I often hear from my clients when we start talking about acceptance is they say, I just want to get rid of these thoughts. I want to control these really difficult emotions. Can we just get rid of them? And I have to tell you, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. I would not have a job if I had a way to get rid of your painful thoughts and feelings. So where does this leave us? For many times, we fight up against these really hard thoughts. And that often doesn't work. So what's the alternative? And that's acceptance. So acceptance is being aware of what it is that your mind is doing and allowing yourself to be very kind and non-judgmental to the thoughts and feelings that you're having. You might choose to do this through mindfulness, and you can look up some really great apps that are my own personal favorites, and that's Calm and Headspace. Um, But we know that our minds are really good at putting us all the way in the future, or all the way in the past, or spinning on that hamster wheel over and over and over again. Using acceptance means that you can acknowledge what your mind is doing. So it's almost like taking a step outside of your mind, saying, I notice, I notice that I'm having those feelings of shame. And then bringing a sense of openness and kindness and curiosity to that. 
yes, of course you're feeling shame. And that's okay. And it makes sense. My fourth tip to dealing with shame is to talk to other people. We all need and long for emotional validation and connection. We are hardwired to connect, but shame stops us from connecting with other people. That fear comes up of what will they think of me? Will they reject me? And yet sharing with other people is the number one best way to slay shame. That their empathy and understanding will help normalize what you are feeling and they might even have ways to cope with it. So you might even start by sharing this hard emotion with someone that you trust. Um, You can start by setting up the conversation. You can let a friend or a partner know that you want to talk about something that is really difficult for you. I recommend that you try to use language like I feel or I'm struggling with. And that oftentimes, opening up to others, we realize that we are not alone. And so sharing becomes the antidote to shame. That morning when I arrived to the office, I was so grateful to see my colleague there. And I walked in and it just blurted out. And I said, I yelled at my son. And we went through the event. And being able to just share that with her and her being really human with me really helped to take away some of that shame. Okay, so my last tip for dealing with shame is to not let shame take away from your life and instead do what it is that you find meaningful. I know you've heard me talk about this before. So from the acceptance and commitment therapy model, that's ACT, A stands for accept what we cannot change. We commit, the C, ourselves to what is important in our lives. And T, we take action in what we find meaningful. So if it's connecting with other people and that is meaningful to us, take action and connect with others. If it's sitting and playing with your child that's meaningful, do that. Don't let shame and worry get in the way that you aren't doing it right or you're not doing enough. Do what it is that is important to you and it fills you up. Now let me review those five things again before we finish up. So first, you want to be able to identify what it is that you are feeling. Is this guilt that you're feeling? Have you done something bad? Or is this shame and somehow you think that you are bad? Next, allow yourself to fail. We need to let go of perfectionism and you are not going to be perfect. Nobody is. And instead, ask yourself, what can I learn from this experience? The next one is to learn to bring acceptance and to let go of these really hard feelings. Everybody experiences really hard feelings and it's okay to experience that. And maybe you can be kind to yourself for having that experience. The next one is talk to other people. Shame keeps you in the dark. And when you can turn to other people and hear them support you and to say, yes, me too, this is a really great way to take the power out of shame. And that last one is to engage in what you find meaningful. Do what it is that is important to you and connect with people um, and connect with, with where you are in that moment. So for example, with my son, instead of going inside of myself and separating from him, I connected with him and I held his hand. What is most important when it comes to dealing with shame, is how you repair it afterwards. I sat with my son, and I didn't let that shame take over. Instead, I said to him, I hear you, buddy. I hurt you. 
I'm so sorry. I will try next time not to yell. Do you accept my apology? Can I hold your hand? And he said yes, and we held hands. And he said it again, Mommy, you hurt me when you yell. And I said, yes, buddy, I know, I hurt you. And the really important thing in this is that shame didn't stop us from connecting. Instead, we were able to repair what happened and move forward because our children need to see that we make mistakes and that we are human and fallible. And that is the most important lesson that we can teach them. This wraps up our conversation today on shame. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I would love to hear from you. Please leave me a review or send me an email. You can check me out at drtracyd.com or on Instagram at dr.tracydalglish. Have a great day. Remember that this podcast is strictly for informational purposes and does not substitute for the care from a licensed professional.